Welcome to the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to get financial independence, quit that J-O-B, that just over broke job, by investing in real estate so you never, ever have to work a job again. Today, I'm super pumped to bring on a young investor who is investing in real estate out of state, far away from where he lives, and is crushing it and doing a fantastic job with making sure that he makes passive income, cash flow, coming into his pocket every single month. And we're going to learn how we can do it and you can do it as well. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey, what's going on? Super blessed as always to have you here with me on the show. And I'm, I'm really pumped about today's show. I actually interviewed a fantastic student of mine who's doing a terrific job. And he's going to show us how he is actually investing in real estate. Early 20s, started investing, and now he is doing a fantastic job also. And I was also thinking earlier this week, just really about all the tax that we pay. So I went into ChatGPT. Uh, if you don't know a chat, ChatGPT, apparently it's an quote-unquote AI or artificial intelligence. It actually does a pretty decent job with communicating back and forth. You tell it what you want it to do, and it spits out information that it's actually pretty pretty good. It's, it's, it's interesting, but it's just taking information that it's learned off the internet. Now, with that, I said, you know what? ChatGPT, how much taxes or what are the different types of taxes that a person pays on a normal every day of their life. Well, it spit out a list of 12, no, 15. And then it's, I asked more questions, which I'll quickly go through this because it started blowing my mind of how many taxes that we pay on things. Well, number one, you get your income tax. You know, if you make money, you get taxed, you get penalized when you make money. Then there's also when you spend money, you get taxed. When you spend money, it's called sales tax. We all know about that. Now, there's a bunch. They quickly run through the list of these. So there's the income tax. There's state and federal. That's two different taxes. There's gasoline tax. Whenever you buy gas, property taxes, excise tax, like tobacco, alcohol, luxury goods, like you pay extra. Um, toll tax. If you drive around, you have a toll somewhere. Utility tax. You, you use any utilities in your house. You pay taxes. You even have local taxes, like some cities, like Scottsdale, literally has extra. I'm in Phoenix, and so when I say Scottsdale, Arizona, they even have extra taxes because it's more of a destination place. I think it's like a, well, there's another one, hotel and accommodation tax. You get taxed if you go stay at a hotel, extra tax on top of the sales tax. Some cities even have transportation tax. There's even entertainment taxes, online sales tax, which when you guys are filling out your IRS forms at the end of the year, they say, hey, did you buy anything from out of the state that you did not pay taxes on? Let us know so we can charge more taxes. They want their money. Local levies, like if there's any education, infrastructure improvements, things like that. But then I said, hey, ChatGPT, that's 15. Are there any more? What about like federal income tax? It didn't actually say federal. Then it went on to more. It said, okay, yes, there's income tax, state and federal. There's social security tax that you have to pay. There's Medicare tax, self-employment tax. So if you work for yourself, you pay self-employment tax. 
capital gains tax. That's what I pay as an investor and dividend and interest tax because of my businesses because I put it all back in my business. That's one thing I'm looking at is how do I get out of paying so many taxes? But there's estate taxes. Like if somebody passes away, you're going to have to pay tax. Like you made money and got taxed. You spent money and got taxed. Then you die and you get taxed again. So you get taxed when you live. You get taxed when you die. You get taxed when you pass things on. Oh my goodness, there's taxes everywhere. And then at the same time, gift tax. If you just give your kids money, you get a gift tax. There's also employment taxes, corporate income taxes. But then I asked ChatGPT, well, what about fishing licenses? And it said, oh, yeah, you're right. There are more, more fees and taxes. So fishing licenses, hunting licenses, boating licenses, driver's license, registration for your vehicle, dog's license, even in your insurance, you get more taxes there, building permits, business licenses, environmental fees. I mean, it literally goes on and on and on. Now, the reason why I tell you this is like I was mentioning just a couple seconds ago, what you want to do, or at least my suggestion, this is what I do. I look at how I am being taxed and try to figure out how as legally as possible, definitely, you know, we render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. We know the Bible says, Jesus says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. And what's interesting too, is what the only time that Jesus and the disciples that I remember pay taxes was when somebody came to them and said, does your teacher pay the tax? Jesus did not go out and find every single tax that he had to pay and wouldn't pay it. He didn't say, let me go over here. Oh, make sure we pay a tax first before we do that. Oh, let's go over here. Before we do that, let's make sure there's a not a tax and we're going to pay that if there is. No, he only paid when they said, this is what you're taxed. So we know what we're taxed. So we pay what we are taxed on, but we can legitimately get out of paying some of these taxes. Like income tax, you pay a lot more in income tax than you do in capital gains tax. When you get passive income, that's looked at as capital gains, or it's more of a passive income coming in instead of income tax. Instead of the self-employment tax, I am not self-employed. I'm a real estate investor, so I don't have that tax as well. You got to look at these taxes that you're going to be paying. But if you think about the most expensive tax that you're going to pay is your income tax. Now, there are a lot of other ones like property taxes, excise tax, toll taxes, utility tax. You're going to have to pay those. But if you can get rid of the income tax because you're taxed at a higher percentage with that income tax, if you change to where you're a real estate investor and you're making your money instead of active income through passive income, once you do that, you make a lot more, you save a lot more of your money. It doesn't go to the government who absolutely does not know how to spend our money. In fact, I've realized this. When you're spending somebody else's money, you don't really care as much as if it's your own money. And I kind of find that about politicians. They're like, ah, we got plenty of money. Let's just spend it. No, that's my money. But just take less. <laughs> Anyways, that's my thought. So I want you to be thinking about becoming a real estate investor just like our guest today. My guest today is a master passive income student who has literally changed his life by investing in real estate. He shows us how to invest out of state so that we can actually live our lives and hire other people to do the work for us, experts that are going to run the business for us. And that's what we want to do is hire other people, create a business so that 
we can go on with our lives and live the dream life and be financially independent. And so today I'm bringing on a fantastic student who's done a tremendous job. His name is Luke Fisher, and we are going to learn from him how he, at a young age, in his early 20s, is a real estate investor and on his way to become successfully unemployed. All right, here we go. Luke Fisher, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you being on. Absolutely, Dustin. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, just as we get before we get started, I just want to say uh, I absolutely love your enthusiasm, and I can really tell that you love real estate, and I love real estate. And so, just like listening to your podcast, it really uh, it's just really really encouraging hearing your voice and everything. Like this guy loves what he's doing, and like I want to do what this guy's doing. So I appreciate that about you. Thanks, man. That's great. I really appreciate you hearing that. And for everybody listening to this on the podcast, I'm actually recording it as well. So if you want to watch this on YouTube, you could see that Luke and I are just having a conversation here. He and I are just like your next door neighbors. We're just normal guys that want to help each other out. And so if you go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash YouTube, you can definitely watch everything on there as well. Um, but man, okay, so Luke. Take us back to when you first got into passive income and real estate. Now, what were you doing in life and that got you to switch into thinking, I want passive income and I want rental properties as well? You got to take me back to, to when I got my first job, which honestly wasn't that long ago. I'm, I'm pretty young. Um, but uh, well, so- pause that. I love that you're how young you are. I got started when I was 26 and 27. I wish I would have started sooner. And I have young people that start like as early as 19, which is amazing. Imagine awesome. starting at 19 and then 10 years later, you know, when you're 29, being able to quit your job. Anyways, sorry, go ahead and, and finish your story. Well, absolutely. Like, uh, well, the, the earlier, the better. I mean, just thinking like you started, you start at 19 and you just really hit it hard. You can graduate or graduate. You can, you know, quit your job uh, well before 29. It's just a really cool, uh, awesome thing you can do anyway. Um, so yeah, uh, got hired. I've worked in agriculture. I've really only ever had one job. Um, but, uh, worked in agriculture and, uh, uh, as soon as I graduated from high school and, uh, it's long hours, everything, you know, I, I like to work and everything, but, uh, you know, I had my girlfriend who is my wife now, um, girlfriend at the time, um, and wasn't able to spend a ton of time with her. Wasn't able to spend a ton of time with my friends. I was paying for school uh, getting through school. And so I just, I didn't have a lot of free time and, uh, you know, I thought work was for me and, but I, I need a different kind of work, you know? Um, so, uh, I kept going through and, and I'm like, there's gotta be something better. And so I, I've always been kind of interested in real estate. I always wanted to buy my own house, just like, just pride of ownership type of thing. Um, so I started listening to Dave Ramsey uh, and, uh, I, I would go to school. I was going to school for finance, listening to Dave Ramsey and Dave Ramsey says, uh, you need to, uh, pay off all your debt. I mean, only going to debt to go to school, but pay out, get all your debt paid off and everything. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to do that. So no debt for school, pay everything off, uh, do what Dave Ramsey says. And then, uh, and then he says, okay, now you can go get a house. It's best to pay, pay cash for it. But, uh, you can get a loan. I said, okay, Dave, I'm going to go get a loan. So uh, I kind of saved up some money. And at this point, I had just graduated from college. And um, so I went and go get a, get got a house. It's a small little, it's this house, actually, two bed, one bath. Um, 
And, uh, and, and so I got that and I'm like, Oh, well, what's the next step? I'm working my job. I've, you know, had a job since I was 18. I'm I think like 23 at this point. Uh, but I just, I didn't really want to work a whole lot more. And so I just started looking at, at avenues and different places to just, uh, get out and, uh, I, I guess just leverage myself. Um, cause you know, like you said, I don't like trading dollars for hours. It's just not the lifestyle I want to do. So, uh, I just kind of started searching more and listening to your podcast and everything. And, and that's kind of where it started. That's, that's terrific. Yeah. That I find that Dave Ramsey is fantastic for probably about 90% of the population out there. Most people, they're not geared to be investors like us. Or they don't see the the vision that we have and what it can be, um, but it's great great information um, to get you financially educated. But then from there to actually be wealthy, to be able to where you don't have to work a job, we need to have outside education. So now you you found my podcast, you started listening to it. Now tell me about your purchase of your first house. Now you have a two bedroom, one bathroom where you're currently living in. And where do you currently live? And then where did you buy your first rental property? Sure. Uh, so I uh, purchased my two bed, one bath in Spokane, Washington. Uh, to where I've grown up and here nearly my entire life. Um, and then I have my property 1,800 miles away in the south in Birmingham, Alabama. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> so, man, okay. How do you do that? Like, how do you buy so far away from you and not worry about the property, not worry about the 2 a.m. phone calls? Because that's what everybody worries about is a 2 a.m. phone call. So how do you do that? Uh, two letters for you, PM, property manager. I mean, that's really all there is to it. Now, I completely agree with you. Okay, so you live in Spokane, Washington, but you're investing in Alabama. Now, I personally believe that if you go into the Midwest, down in the Southeast and the Carolinas and the Florida, there are some great areas to invest in. In fact, all my students are investing. Now, you just took the took leave. You were learning, 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 and then you realize, okay, let me go ahead and get some more education. Now, let me ask you, how much do you think in a roundabout numbers did you pay for college? Probably 30 grand. Yeah. Okay. $30,000. Pretty cheap, pretty cheap, actually. Just that's much cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Much cheaper than I heard from most people. Usually it's like 50, 60, $70,000. Well, you took my course, the ultimate real estate investing system. And if you paid a thousand dollars just for that one course, and then you make money from a property that you bought from it, it pays for itself. And when you think about if you go to college, if you go to college, you're basically hoping to get a job after. You get a piece of paper that says you completed and you spent $50,000 or $30,000 for the piece of paper, and then you got to go find a job. Well, this, man, if you just forwent that and just started investing, like all of my kids, I am literally teaching them. And I encourage you as well, Luke, when you have your kids, for everybody listening, Luke, you, you can hold me accountable to this. Your kids will absolutely, you guys already bought into the course. Make sure that they take the course. I want them to absolutely. learn. I want them to grow. Give them your access so that they can get in there. I just, I, this is generational wealth. I want people to realize that, man, this is going to change your life. I, can I just, a little side note right there. So uh, I am totally a, a believer in you do not need to go to college. I've been there. I've done that. Uh, I think we need to change this, the school system a little bit to, to teach basic financial education. And honestly, if I just knew my basic financial education, time value of money, something's just easy stuff like that, that's all you need. And so, uh, 
like you're saying, if I were to just not like take my 30 grand, that's more than a down payment for the market that I'm looking at. And uh, yeah, I'd be much more ahead. So I'm totally a believer. I've been there, done that. Uh, college uh, most likely won't be for my kids. Uh, don't have them yet. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Awesome, man. Yeah, I I told my kids because I have money for them for not necessarily for college because I don't I personally don't believe that everybody needs to go to college. I personally believe you can actually do it without it and go buy real estate, start your own business. So many different ways. I know personally that I could teach my kids how to make money and provide for themselves and their family so much better than almost everybody. I mean, other than more like Warren Buffett or something, you know, the, the really top dogs. I know I could teach them really well, so I'm going to be teaching them now. Okay, so. From here, you buy your first house. You're listening to Dave Ramsey. Now you're realizing, I want to buy my first property. Walk us through the for the deal that you have, the, the property that you bought, how you found it, how you funded it, you know, how you're managing it, and how you built the business first. And I want to pause for a quick second and share that, honestly, I really want you to invest in real estate. Now, my new goal is to help 1 million people invest in real estate. So two things I would ask from you. Number one, if you get anything out of this episode, please share it with somebody else. Just say, hey, you know, check out Dustin and Master Passive Income. He really wants to help a million people to invest in real estate. That's number one. Number two, I want to get you to invest in real estate. Get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N. T A L to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my course, show you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business first. You know, I always talk about that, and how to find the right properties, how to make sure you're getting experts to do the work for you, and scale the business to where you're making $250 or more in passive income. Scale it to quit your job. I'll literally get to you or go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Obviously, it'll be in the description, but I really, really want you to invest in real estate because the more that actual normal everyday people own real estate that are good landlords, the better everybody's life gets. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess first I was looking in Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio. I really thought I wanted to get a property there. And so I was looking there. I was learning the area. I talked to a bunch of property managers in Cleveland. Uh, it was actually kind of a suburb I was looking at as Parma. I have a property in Maple Heights, which is right around Cleveland. Okay, so yeah, I know yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I really, you know, I kind of liked, I liked the numbers. Uh, I was working in, and by the way, I mean, if you know your numbers, you have all the power in the world. Like that's, that's all you need to know. Um, so uh, kind of learn the numbers, just just soak, soaking up as much information as I could. Um, but it, it kind of deterred me a little bit just because the crime was pretty high there. Um, and then the taxes, the taxes were pretty high there as well. And so I was like, ah, you know, I don't know if this is for me. I'm going to start I'm looking at other spots. And so it's just kind of a random little deal. I, I was listening to the Bigger Pockets podcast and it was even it's just a commercial or something like for deal machine or something and, and all they said was birmingham alabama like and i just heard it and it just clicked and so uh, i guess there wasn't much of a, of a methodical uh process looking into birmingham so i looked into birmingham taxes were super low um and i mean you know there's crime everywhere but it was a lot lower in the area and, and the area i'm looking at is center point um there in birmingham but uh so yeah uh decided to go to birmingham uh and it really, at this point, I had purchased your course and it just really, it was so simple. Like I almost didn't have to think, right? Because you, you took me through every single tiny little step and it was, it was just easy peasy. It was long. There was a lot to do. It took me about a year to set up the business. Uh, 
but and you know there's a little contract you signed to yourself and so i said you know i'm going to get a prop property here in three months well i was a little bit discouraged i didn't meet that because i just had so much more to do uh but yeah it took me a long time but went through every step uh found my property manager interviewed about five property managers and uh this guy representing this company he knew his stuff he always contacted me just like that you know if if i had a question just got right back to me and i really highly value that and then realtors interviewed about five of those i picked three that i liked but the others um just the other two just kind of dwindled down and they didn't they didn't communicate with me as much so there was really one shining star with my realtor um and so yeah just building that business uh it it, it took some time but uh it was it was definitely worth it. So was it a year from the time you really started? You jumped in the ultimate real estate investing system, and then eventually bought your property. Uh, maybe a little bit less, but pretty close. I mean, that's that's terrific. I know when I first got started, it took me about six to. 12 months. I can't remember exactly because it was quite a little while ago, but um, it took me quite a while to actually do it. And I didn't know what I was doing. I literally flew there. Now I got to ask you a question. Did you fly to Alabama to look at the area? Uh, my family and friends think I'm absolutely nuts, but no, I've never seen it. <laughs> yes. I love it. All the 30 plus properties I have, I've literally only seen one of them before I bought it. And I've only seen two total out of all of them. And I don't go to the States that <laughs> I'll never go yeah, back to the States yeah. unless I need to. But yeah. So is that nerve wracking to do that? Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, you kind of say uh, in your podcast and when you're teaching, uh, it's only inventory. Don't get emotional about it. Well, that kind of goes out the window when it's your first deal. You're going to be emotional about it. And it's it's a little nerve wracking. So, yeah, it was it was uh, it was kind of scary. But but I had to hold my hand the entire way through. And I said, you know, like Dustin's done this. He says it's OK. I know my numbers. It's going to be fine. So. Awesome. So to everybody listening, I have the ultimate real estate investing system. That's a course that I created hundreds and hundreds of hours of my personal time. I put in it to do the teaching, but I do also have a free course. That's basically going to show you in a nutshell, everything you do. So if you text the word rental to three, three, seven, 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 three, three, seven, seven, seven rental R E N T A L. I'll give you my free real estate investing course. It's a PDF. You'll download, get, see basically how to do it. And then the ultimate real estate investing course is like a hundred times that. So there's so much more to learn, but I need to want you to get started. So from there, Luke, we now have, tell us about the property. How big is it? How much did you buy it for? How much passive income do you make? Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a three bed, one and a half bath, uh, 13, 48 square feet, one car garage. Um, I was really trying to get the two car garage cause you know, that's your like spiel and the two bath didn't quite get there. Um, but, uh, it, you know, in that area, it's kind of fun, hard to find the two car garages. It's it's uh, it's a real struggle. Um, so, yeah, brick house. It's got a decent sized lot right by an elementary school. Um, uh, good neighborhood, pretty low crime. Um, probably probably a three star, three out of five stars as far as just the neighborhood goes. That's great. So when. Luke just mentioned the three bedroom, one and a half bath, two car garage, 1300 square feet. So in the course, I teach that the cookie cutter home, this is the type of home that everybody wants to either rent or buy when you want to sell is a three bedroom, two bath, two car garage from 1200 to maybe 1500 square feet. And I teach so much about reasons why and how to find them and all that sort of stuff. But the, um, 
You did that. So that's great. And to also touch on the bathroom and the garage, the only one that we do not change or cannot go under is the two bedroom. We never buy two bedrooms. Those are horrible. I bought them before. They're not good. Just don't do it. There's so many more three bedroom, but the two bathroom and the two car garage, it's okay. If in that specific area where you're investing, they all don't have two car garages. So if you have, let's give you an example. Let's say you have the one house out of 500 that have a one car garage, all the other ones have two car garages. That's not good. You want to have like kind. Same thing with if all the other properties have two bathrooms and you have the one that has one bathroom, they're like, yeah, I'm going to move on. So that's what he's saying. Okay. From there, Luke, talk to us about how much, if you, if you don't mind sharing, how much did you buy it for? What are your expenses every single month? How did you, how did you fund that property as well? Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, they were asking, uh, 89 for it. Um, I offered 78 and then they counted at 84. And so I said, okay, I'll do it at 80. And so, uh, we had a contract at 80. Um, and then my, uh, mortgage broker said, Hey, you know what? You're, you know, you're an investor and everything. You like to keep your cash. Why don't you say 82,000 and that way your monthly payment is just a slight, slight bit more but you get to, they cover the closing costs. And so you get to keep that cash and you can just, you know, keep, uh, keep your business going. So I was like, you know what, that's a good idea. You know, it's, I don't know what the math works out to, but $10 more, if that, probably not even that a month. Um, so yeah, it's, um, uh, it rents for 900 bucks a month. Uh, the mortgage escrow and insurance is 443. So I'm taking home before, and then my property management is 8%. So it's about $385 of net income from that. Um, and that's not taken into account, you know, repairs, vacancy, all that. But, vacancy but actual cash. cash flow on a good month is, yeah, 385 Whew, man, that is brilliant. Okay, so I do, there's a couple things I want to touch on. Number one, uh, the mortgage broker was absolutely correct to recommend you asking that. Now, number uh, for him, he's going to get maybe make a little bit more money, but not much. It's only two thousand dollars, but it's really really smart because you're saving your cash. That's an extra closing costs are going to be like three to four thousand dollars. You're increase or maybe two two to four thousand dollars depending on what it is. So you're basically prepaying it by having your mortgage, but you have more cash. Long story short, that's a great pro tip for everybody listening to this. After you've already done it you know, already have your contract, you're already ready to go. It's just going to help the um, seller to realize, hey, we're just shifting the money a little bit. I'm going to give you a little bit more. You're going to pay the, they don't have any reason to say no. It just, it's just silly, but they would. But I do also want to touch on, so I love negotiating. That's like one of my favorite things to do, especially in real estate. You literally, if we, if we just go off the $80,000, because, you know, with the closing costs and everything, you, they were asking 89, well, almost $90,000 you got them down to $80,000. That's $10,000 that you saved by negotiating. I, I'm, I'm yeah. so excited for you, man. That's so cool. Yeah. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I guess, um, I don't know. It's just, it was really cool. It, it was probably, um, or oh, just a few days as soon as I saw the property and, and I, I, I guess I'm kind of a weirdo, but I look at, at Zillow like a hundred times a day. I'm always looking at Zillow and just, I, I like looking at deals. So you need to. You yeah. Know. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I saw the property, uh, showed it to my, uh, realtor and said, yeah, this looks like a good deal. We put an offer in that night and it was ready to go. Um, so, and, and I do everything on my phone. So there's hardly any time I ever use my computer. I actually 
little side note, uh, you emailed me before. It's like, make sure you have a web webcam. I said, oh crap, I don't have a webcam. So I went to Walmart like 30 minutes before the interview, grabbed a <laughs> webcam, set it up. So I now have a webcam. So that's pretty cool. Um, awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I do cool. everything Thanks, on my man. phone. Yeah, everything on my phone, email that stuff. I scan documents, all that. And so it was, it was just really, uh, and I had already put in offers before, probably about on five different houses, and it just fell through. But it's really just kind of a seamless process. Um, it just, I guess, just stressing being able to do everything on your phone, at least for me, it just, it, it just makes everything so much easier. When I first started investing, it was in 2005, 2006, none of this was available. Like literally, it was not available. I think Zillow had just got started right around there. And everything, I was doing my best to try to make it as online as possible, but it still wasn't. It is so easy in today's day and age to invest in real estate just on your phone. We literally don't fly anywhere. It's so awesome. And now you're making close to $400 in passive income from that property. Now, obviously not counting for repairs, capital expenses, because when now here's one, and you already know this because you're in the course, but for everybody listening, what we try to do is keep, uh, save up for repairs and expenses up to two times the rent amount. So let's say it's $1,000 for rent. We try to save up to $2,000, put into account per property. Now, once you get to 10, you probably don't need $20,000 or more because not all of them are getting broken at one time. Long story short, you want to save up to two times the rent. Now, from there, my opinion is just that's your money to save to buy another property. So does that make sense to you, Luke? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you got to have your reserves and save your money. And and uh, I mean... Uh, I like, I like putting it into like a little, I like to um, trade options a little bit and stuff like that. So I like to put it in kind of a, another account that makes a little bit of money off of it. Not a whole lot, but I mean, more than your 3% higher than inflation, but yeah, it's good to have that extra cash. Uh, absolutely important. Cash flow is king. So yeah, it sure is. Now, how did you get the down payment? Cause that's a lot of people. They, they, well, how do I get the down payment? Number one, how do I get the financing? Talk to, cause you got a mortgage broker, which is great. We interview and oh, one thing I do want to quickly touch on, you interviewed five property managers. That is absolutely like we have to interview as many property managers. I always recommend five to six property managers, interview them because over time, after you interview two or three different times with each one, some will cry, rise to the top, like you're number one, you're number two and number three. You go with your number one, you keep your number two as a backup, and number three is a backup, a backup. So I definitely want to touch on that. Now, with financing and funding, how did you have money for the down payment? And then how did that financing come? Um, well, you know, and originally I thought, you know, I'm just going to have to save a ton, right? I, I need close to 20 grand to get a house. That's a lot of money, especially for a kid. It's like, what the heck? How am it I going to sure get is. that money? So um, I had bought a house. I bought a house I live in in 2017, and uh, my um, mortgage broker said, "Well, what do you think about cash out refinance?" Um, and so, you know, I didn't know much about it. Did research and everything, and and this seemed like a good idea. And at the time, interest rates has, have dropped. I mean, not as low as they are right now, but interest rates have dropped. Um, my house had gone up tremendously in value just because the Spokane market is like that right now. Um, and so I did a cash out refi um, and uh, pulled out about 13 grand from that. And then uh, they only let you do, I think is 75 to it's 80% loan to value. Um, so I couldn't pull out as much equity as I wanted to. So then they suggested, well, you know, you tr you're trying to get as much cash as you can. So why don't you do a HELOC on top of that? 
So I did a home equity line of credit on top of that and got an extra $15,000. And then oh so that coupled with, and I actually never touched the HELOC, but I have it just, you know, it's always good to have cash on hand Smart. or credit on hand. So uh, the 13,000 coupled with uh, just kind of saving like a madman. And, uh, um, you know, my wife and I, we drive, she has a $2,000 car. I have a $2,000 car. We live well yes. below our means. It's, it's, uh, it's um, just living cheaply, saving money. And, uh, but the, the main thing really is just that cash out refi. If you got a house, uh, that is absolutely the way to do it. If you want to grow and leverage yourself. That's brilliant. I love the idea of using the cash to refinance. I've done that so many times. It's not even funny how many times I've done it. But uh, a home equity line of credit on top of that, see, banks will give you credit when you don't need it. When you do need it, and like you're like, hey, my business is failing. I really need it. They're like, I'm not going to give you that money because it's just going to go away. So if you have it now for the future, it's going to be so much better. Now, as you're talking about saving up money and having money from a property that you're cashing out, which is awesome. And that's a great thing about real estate. The equity continues to go up, especially imagine this one particular rental property that you have now. You've already captured that equity of $10,000. So, you know, they're at, let's say $90,000 is probably the value, maybe more now, but you bought it for $80,000. Well, shoot, that's captured of equity of $10,000. And as it appreciates over time, you can even do that refinance on those properties, which I've even bundled four or five properties together, pulled all the cash out, bought more. There's so many great ways to do this. Okay. So what's the next step for you in buying the next property? I know you're saving, which is great. You're living frugally, which is great. I love that. That's how I am too. What's your next step to buy the next property? Uh, well, currently I'm trying to do another cash out refi. Uh, same house and everything. Uh, yeah, I've done that here. too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, trying to do a cash out refi on on this guy right here. Um, and so hopefully I'm going to close sometime mid this month. And I'm trying to pull out 20 grand. That's what I'm hoping for. Interest rates are super low right now. Oh, so amazing. And the really, really cool thing about this is it's almost like pulling money out of thin air, right? And I'm not getting taxed on it. So uh, I, my interest rate right now in this house is like 4.99. I'm going to bring it down to a, at least 3.75. So, Ooh. and pull like 20 grand out. So my, my payment may go up a little bit, but it's not going to go up that much. You know, it'll go up maybe $50, something like that. But I'm getting a whole $20,000 for 50 bucks a month. Like <laughs> that, that's amazing. And I can go, you know, make, you know, 11, 12, 15% on top of that, uh, with that money to buy another property. It's just, it's an amazing way to do it. Um, if, if I didn't have a house and if I, if I didn't have that way, it, it would just, it'd be so much harder to, to build up capital. Yeah, I can, I completely understand. And as we work hard, as we save money, we can also get there. But if you have your own personal property, to refinance and pull cash out. That's why I, if anybody comes to me and says, I want to invest in real estate, if they're renting a house, there's a couple of thoughts that come to mind. Number one, if you bought a rental property, you can use that as income to buy your next house, which you can live in. Or if you bought the house yourself, or you did a house hack, which I love the idea of doing a house yeah. hack, you know, buying a duplex, living in one and renting out the other. If you do that as well, you, if you, the more properties you own, the more equity you have. And I talked about equity capture, which is just one of the ways that we make money in real estate. Also just market appreciation, just over time. Like you said, you've already done the cash out refinance once, but because the interest rates are so low, prices are still going up. I, 
I think it's going to keep going up for at least another six months, maybe a year. And then they might kind of plateau a little bit um, because the interest rates are 3%. I mean, shoot, that is so crazy how low that is. Yeah. And yeah. I, that $50 a month, let's say if it is $50 a month because the interest rates is lower, which is great. You buy one property that destroys that $50 a month that you're paying in yeah. extra yeah. for this one mortgage. So, and then you still have your home equity line of credit. So thinking about financing, you've got so many options. Now, did you use a regular conventional uh, loan as a second property or an investment property on the one in, in Alabama? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 30 year fixed conventional 20% down. Um, I mean, 20% down sounds like a lot of money, but when it's an $80,000 property, you know, I think that's like $16,000 or something. 16,000. Yeah. It's not that, I mean, it's a lot of money, but in the grand scheme of things, it's really not that much. For us who are frugal guys, it's a lot of money, but you just realize how you can utilize other people's money, fun, mm -hmm. refinancing, all that sort of stuff. Even hard money. I have students that use hard money loans to get things uh, and then refinance it out. And it's just, and here's the best thing. There's just so many best things about real estate. So what I also love is that the numbers are almost fixed. Like they don't change a lot. Like all of our expenses, they're very fixed. Like our mortgage doesn't change. And if you get a um, regular 30 year fixed, like we try to do, oh my goodness, it's just, it stays there. Rents go up, but our mortgage yeah, stays here. Yeah. And then when that mortgage is gone, we still have that money coming in. I was blessed to be able to pay off a lot of my loans when I quit my job because I just had money coming in. I was like, well, let's just pay this one off. And then let's pay this one off. And then that was just that much more passive income because it wasn't going That's an excellent to have. I got too much money coming in. Yeah. <laughs> so what is your idea about investing in? I have my own opinion. So I'll, I'll give you my opinion after. I want to I ask you sure, what your sure. thoughts are. Investing in a brand new area. You're already in Alabama. What's your opinion or what would you do? Would you start a whole new area? Would you still continue in Alabama? What are your thoughts? Uh, well, since I think it'd be a shame to start in a whole new area since I've already built the business in Alabama. I do want to diversify and go into different areas, but uh, I think at, at least another two properties, two more in Alabama and in Birmingham in that specific area. I know pretty well. Um so yeah, I, I want to just take advantage of the knowledge that I've built up because it's taken a while to build up that knowledge. And then and then I, I do want to move to a different area and just, you know, capture something there. Um, but yeah, for, for now, Alabama's uh, my area. I wholeheartedly agree. It takes a lot of work to build up the business. It takes a lot of work to know the market, to know what's a good deal. So when a good deal comes on the market, like, that's a good deal. I know because I passed up on one and I'm kicking myself. So I better yeah. jump on this yeah. one. Yeah. Wholeheartedly agree. Now, a lot of questions or a question I get from a lot of people is how do you know when you have too many properties in one area? And my easy answer is you just internally will know, like you'll just get a sense of that. I can't give you a certain number. It's it comes down to a price point, how much you pay for the property, how many mortgages you have, how stretched thin is your property manager, what's the market, like so many different things. You are going to know your market so much better than I ever would. For me, it was literally about 12 properties in one oh, wow. area. It's like, you know what? It's about time for me to start branching out because if my property manager, God forbid, croaks or, you know, dies or whatever, I'm going to be stuck. Like I need to diversify. So you'll get to that point where you realize, you know what? It's time for me to move on. But here's another great thing. So I completely agree. Keep going with Birmingham, Alabama. Keep doing that. But even though you've already built that business, keep buying there. But in the meantime, you know, you've already done it once. Mm -hmm. Like I showed you how to fish. Instead of just giving you a, a fish and say, here you go, go ahead and eat. No, I showed you how to fish. Now 
you keep buying in that one area, you have more time. Let's say in the next six months, start researching a whole nother area because you don't need to continually research because you've already built the business here. Start thinking, okay, I'm going to start analyzing a whole brand new area. While I'm still buying in Alabama, I'm going to start analyzing a brand new area. So when I am ready, I'll already know the market, I already have people set up, the business already set up. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's an excellent pro tip. And yeah, yeah. as soon as I'm ready and I got that money and all that stuff and I'm ready to move, I can just kind of nab another property quickly. There's no time wasted. So yeah, no, that makes complete sense. Awesome. I get a lot of questions like, when should I do this? Or when should I do this? Or when should I do this? I guess it's just how my mind uh, works. I try to line things up in not necessarily in order, but I try to do things at the time that is necessary. And I can also do something at the at the same time. So I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people that come to me for one-on-one coaching, which pausing this whole thought, I love that you just took the course. You didn't get the one-on-one coaching. And just from the course, you were able to do this. And because that's why I, that's how I built the, the, the course was like step-by-step. Step. You just do all this, do this whole process and you'll get there. So I love that. But going back to what I was saying, as you are building your business and thinking about step-by-step and people come to me for one-on-one coaching, they say, well, should I get education now or should, and it's always the or, they always say, or should I, you know, get my finances in order first? And I say, well, it's not an or, it's and, because it's going to take time for you to learn. There's so, and for everybody listening, uh, there is a lot to learn. I'm not going to kid you. Inside the course, I spent hundreds of hours creating this. I mean, Luke will absolutely attest to it. There's so much to learn in there, but I put it in there because I want you to be successful. Like, I don't do this to make money. I make my money through real estate. I want you to be successful in doing this business so I give you everything that you need. And what I tell people is, if you don't have the finances right now, you will continually grow your finances by saving money, by if you need to work another job, whatever it might be, like refinance, like if your refinance is going to come through in three months, well, start your education now. So in three months, your education will be caught up to your finances so you can then start investing. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That Yeah, that's an excellent way to do it. I, I totally agree. Um, just maximizing your brain because it is a really, uh, I think a lot of times, and I'm definitely guilty of this, um, I say, well, I'm going to do this at this point. And so it's an excuse to put it off. And so I'm going to wait until I, I build up a certain amount of money and then I'm going to start learning about real estate. It's like, well, like you said, why not do and and just capitalize on your brain and always be thinking and always be kind of multitasking. Yeah, I, I can totally relate to that. And that's that's uh, yeah, that's an excellent, excellent thing to do. Awesome, Luke. Now, I have a, a thought that so I've been working with a couple of students inside the ultimate real estate investing system and talking to other people and just between the idea of building a business, you're on your own. And, but my thought was, why don't we in the ultimate real estate investing system and the real estate wealth builders community that we have, why don't we do it accountability? Accountability, like we have a partner or somebody that's maybe developing in a whole brand new area. You guys could be in the same area, but people um, who are a part of master passive income student community from there that you get partnered with somebody and you guys hold each other accountable. You, you share what's working for you, maybe share lenders or share property managers, or even, Hey, I'm building it over here. You're doing it over here. Then we can compare notes. What are your thoughts about, would that be beneficial? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, I'm a part of an accountability group already. Um, and let me just, I, I don't know if I'd even would have been able to do this without them. Cause they're, you tell them your goals. It's a, a bunch of, uh, few guys I, I just get together with once a month. Um, I guess uh, shout out to Cody, Chase, Will, and Tanner. Um, anyway, 
uh, I get together with them once a month and yeah, you tell them your goals and similar minded, they have similar goals. And it's so important because, um, I want to come back that next month and say, Hey guys, I met my goals to have somebody to tell, like I did it. I worked towards it. And cause I don't want to go back the next month and say, yeah, you know, I just was kind of feeling lazy this month and I didn't get my goals done and all that stuff. It's like, no, that, that doesn't work, but it's so easy to do when it's just yourself. So yeah, I absolutely love that idea. Awesome. Okay. So that, that settles it. Cause I've, I've talked to a few students and they're, they're all for it. I was just trying to figure out, well, does anybody even really want this? And I know for me, as I've gotten to more masterminds or more accountability groups, it just really helps exactly like you said, I don't want to go and tell all the guys, yeah, I didn't do anything this month. <laughs> like, Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's well, great. Okay. So, so tell us some advice. We, you already told us a lot of great things about how you built the business and how you've done this. Is there anything that you've learned? Is there any lessons learned that you've gone through? Um, what would you suggest that we should know getting started? Well, there are always going to be excuses. I could have gotten the property a little bit earlier, but I, I just kind of put it off because I, I was scared, uh, to be honest with you. Um, and But you just, if you look at it as, especially with like properties that are so cheap, um, the risk is really low. You know, I'm telling, I tell my family and friends what I've, what I've been doing and everything. And, and they look at me like I'm from another planet. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, why, what are you doing with your money? Why are you doing this? Um, but you know, I I said that my mortgage is $443 a month. Well, if I'm already living frugally and you know, I have reserves and everything, if I don't get the place rented, if it turns into a complete disaster, I can turn around and probably sell it for a loss, you know, a few thousand dollars, maybe a little bit more, but the risk is that is super, super low for the reward. And so I would just say, go ahead and just do it. I mean, just get that first property under your belt. The, the, I wouldn't consider my property that I just got, um, a home run. I mean, the numbers are good and it works, but I, I don't think it's a home run from a business perspective, but it definitely was a home run for a life perspective. It gave me so much confidence to go out and get another one. And I have the business now. And it, it just, uh, uh, I didn't really believe it. And I was like, I don't, is this actually going to work? And then as soon as I got that first, that first, uh, it was a direct deposit coming in. Oh, I'm I love like, it, man. I like, I, I, I'm successful. I did this. Now there's going to be, there's going to be hiccups down the road and, and that's to be expected, but, uh, it's just real. So it's just a, such a good feeling and you just got to go out and do it. You take us step by step. Uh, uh to me, it's just, there's no, there's little risk, high reward. Just do it. <laughs> to, to think of the, the price point that we buy these properties for being anywhere from like $40,000 to 80, maybe a hundred thousand dollars. We try not to get too high above there because we don't need to, we get passive income from these properties and people might say, well, you know, who's going to want to live in those properties? I'm like, absolutely. There are loads and loads of people that will absolutely live. In fact, I'm proof of that. You are Luke proof that people will pay to live in as long as you're giving a good property, you're taking care of it. You're managing it well. And everything that you just said is absolutely right. And uh, here's my perspective. This one absolutely was a home run. 
And the reason why I say that is because that first property is the hardest. If you get that, if you're making more than $250 on your first property, you, number one, you buy the first property and you're making more than $250 in passive income every single month, where you're making close to 400. If you do that, that's literally a home run. And But here's another thing on top of that. You're probably, I've bought 30 plus properties now. And I would say out of all of them, maybe two were perfect. Like literally the best deal. Like, oh my goodness, it could not be any better. Just two. The other ones were like, you know what? I'm get a single or I get a double or I get a triple. Some are home runs. Some are better than home runs. Some are like grand slams, which are great. But that's what our business is about. As long as we're making that minimum of $250 a month, we're going to do really well as a business. And here's a big reason why I have that $250 as the benchmark is because it gives us a huge buffer for any errors that we might have made. Let's say we didn't account for a tax or an expense or something. We have that buffer. That's $3,000 a month in passive income that if we need to dip into like an extra thousand dollars, we still made $2,000 that year. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, it's so weird. I, I mean, I've, I've had this property. I bought it uh, beginning of March. So I very, very good. I haven't had it very long. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I going through the process and everything. And then right before the deal, I realized, you know, I had to do a termite inspection and get a termite contract and all that. And so my, uh, I had the 250 and that was still a little bit of a buffer. And so the deal was still okay because, you know, you told me to have that buffer. So yeah, I, I've already experienced that having that cool buffer. Yeah. Awesome. Well, good. Okay. So you've given us loads and loads of great advice. Now tell us about anything else that we should know, or, you know, cause we definitely, there, there might be something that you learned like, Hey, in Alabama, I just found this by, by chance, but I look at Zillow. One thing that I do want you to touch on is looking at Zillow. You say you look at Zillow all the time, which is my favorite tool to find properties. Is it, we're, as we're wrapping up, what are any tools or any tips that you can give on looking at Zillow to make either maximize our time or make sure we're finding the right properties? Um, I, so really, I, I don't, I know it's all about capitalizing on your time and leveraging yourself, but I, I, I look at, if you just look at it all the, every day, basically, I just narrow it down um, to three bed, one bath. Cause I like to see the one and a half in there. And then uh, $120,000 is my max. Um, and so, and then I just look at that and I have my parameters. And so I, I just look at that every day. And really, um, Birmingham's a decent sized area, but there are not a lot of properties that come on uh, on the daily that have fit under those parameters. So when I see one that I like, like it just a light bulb goes off. And so, um, yeah, knowing exactly what you want, um, you know, I'm looking more into those brick houses. It's got some curb appeal. Um, so knowing exactly what you want. And then um, aside from Zillow, there's uh, Trulia. I'm sure you've heard of Trulia. Um, mm -hmm. They have, and it's not perfect, but they have, a. you can actually look and see uh, what how the crime is in certain areas. And so that's just to get a feel for the area. When I'm looking at a new area or a neighborhood, I'm like, oh, this could be a good area to invest in. Uh I type in that address and, and I see where the crime is and I say, oh, nope, not a good idea. Let's stay out of there. So, um, yeah, just just those tips. Always look at just be looking at houses, make it a habit and make it, uh, um, you know, if 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 you do it more and more, you're just going to get really excited about it. So and it's not going to take you hours every day. You're looking at probably five or 10 minutes at most because you know the market, you know, when a property comes on because, hey, I've already seen all 10 of these. I already know them. 
oh, here's a new one. So it's so much faster because you're into that market. Is that is that right? Absolutely. And uh, if you if you know your numbers really well, they have a calculator for, the, for you at all the time um, that you can just quickly go through your numbers, see if it's even worth looking at. You know, you use the 1% rule. So if it doesn't even meet that, just just pass on by. And, and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, doesn't take take a whole lot of time uh, if you know what you're looking for. But you can only know what you're looking for as long if you look at it every day and kind of get a feel for the market. That's great, Luke. Man, Luke, that so many great things. I'm super excited for you. I'm rooting for you to get your next property. If anybody wants to reach out to Luke and to talk to him, you can find him in the student community. You can find him out there. Luke, thank you so much, man. I'm super excited that you're part of the Master Passive Income community and you are doing it, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Dustin. I appreciate it, man. And that is it for today. Go ahead and get my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. You can also join my Real Estate Wealth Builders group coaching. Get all my courses. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next show. See ya. See ya.